Welcome to this week's podcast from the Equipping Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Jacob as well. All right. Uh, turning your Bibles to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11 is where we're going to start this morning. I'm only going to look at three passages this morning, really two passages in one verse. Uh, but I, I feel like there's a lot to unpack here. And uh, we're talking about faith. And we're continuing last week's message, all that God has prepared for us, and uh, talking about faith. But really, what else do I talk about? I feel like that that is a, a core value of this house, and we, we're always talking about faith and how to grow in faith and how to deal with disappointments and 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 overcome and and persevering faith. And so, Mark chapter eleven, jump down to verse twenty-two. Uh, keep in mind that. The context here is that Peter uh, noticed that the fig tree that Jesus had cursed had actually withered up and died. And uh, it was like he was shocked. You know, he says in verse 21, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered, saying to them, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen it will be granted him. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you've received them and they will be granted you. I want to pray and then we're going to jump in. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that it's alive, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword, has the ability to divide. And Father, I thank you that this morning your word would be alive to us. And Father, I thank you that the anointing that makes preaching easy would be in the room. That Father, I might communicate your heart and your word in a way that would be pleasing to you and transformative to your people. I thank you, Father, that you're in the room this morning. I thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to center in on a particular phrase in this passage. All things for which you pray and ask, believe that you've received them and they will be granted to you. And I specifically want to center in on those two words. And we touched on this a little bit last week, all things. We talked about last week that the all things are those things that God has revealed to us and placed in our hearts, not the all things regarding all things we think we would like and would satisfy our fleshly desires. So we kind of separated those two concepts there that it we're not necessarily talking about the flashy car, the magnificent clothes, but we're actually referring, and here's our second passage this morning, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 12. Here's the all things. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard, and which have not entered the human heart, all that God has prepared for those who love him. For to us God revealed them through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among people knows the thoughts of a person except the Spirit of the person that is in him? So also the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. And that verse 12, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Those things 
freely given to us by God. God has given to us things. And I talked last week how as an English teacher, it's one of my least favorite words, things. And yet here in this, these two passages, Jesus says in Mark, he says all things. And then in Corinthians, Paul says to us that there are things that have been given freely to us by God. And they are God things. They are things the natural eye has not seen, that the the natural ears have not heard, but things that have come from what verse 10 says are the depths of God, that there are things that God has given to us, His children, that come from the depths of Himself, that the depths of God are for us and are revealed to us, and we have been given the Spirit of God, who is from God, to freely know those things. So, when Jesus speaks in Mark 11 about faith that can move mountains and the all things for which we pray, these things are from the Spirit. They are revealed in the heart that come already empowered with faith. So we talked a lot about it last week that there's this place that we we have things that God has already put in our human spirit for us to do. That there is destiny already in us. There is purpose already in us. And that we find the greatest breakthrough that we have as believers comes when we begin to pray from those things. Those things that God has already placed in us, those destiny things that you know in your knower, those things that God has already prepared for you. And that there's a certain faith that comes attached to that. Paul writes in in a passage, he says that we've been each given a measure of faith. And Romans 10, 17 says this, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And so it's a powerful revelation when we begin to recognize that the faith that I need for those all things comes by what I've already heard from Christ, what he's already put in me. And so what are these things that are revealed? Obviously, there's those general understandings, those revelations about God himself, his purposes, his mysteries. But there are thoughts of God only known except by the Spirit of God. See, the, the trouble that we have a lot of times in our culture is that we are attempting to know God outside of God. We try to make it this, these two separate things this, and, and the, this combination that we should have of the intellectual and the spirit. And oftentimes we approach God from an intellectual point of view. And, and listen, I, I love education. I love studying. I love those things. But there are things that we will only know by the Spirit of God. And that's why we say it's so important around here to encounter God, to come into a revelation of, of meeting God Himself, knowing His voice, experiencing His voice, because it's only by His Spirit that we will know these things. Because His Spirit is the revealer of secrets. His Spirit is the one who opens up by revelatory truth some of the great mysteries of faith. And of course, there are mysteries always unfolding to us. For me, one of the greatest mysteries and one of the things that I'm constantly before the Lord about is is the great mystery and, and deeper revelation of grace versus law. 
I grew up in the ultra-legalistic Pentecostal world. And, and growing up in that, I was always waiting for God with some big club to beat me up. Can anyone relate to that? And so having to understand this, this mystery of grace versus law and how to walk out that revelation because I'm given over, my, my personality alone is given over to carrying a big club. And so I have to, to come before God in that constant searching of my own heart. God, help me understand what it means to walk in grace. Help me to understand how to walk in holiness without being legalistic. How, how do I walk these things out? Because it is a mystery. And so this is what we're called to, is to search out the Spirit of God and to know God by His Spirit. Because then there are things that God has for me personally. Specific things that I draw upon, that I have faith for, that are given by the Spirit just for me. And the question that I think we are all asking is, what are my things? I think that that is what every person ultimately is trying to discover, is what are the things God has for me specifically? Because I only know it. If the Spirit of God, who searches the deep things of God, reveals it to my spirit. Things the Spirit brings it up to me. Like the Google search engine. All this stuff there. But what about a search for Jacob Biswell? What about a search for Shelly Ferris? I almost called you Fariche. Because I every time someone said the other day, I don't think the Fariches are here yet. And I said, the Fariches? Who? The Ferrises. <laughs> Because here's, here's, here's a way to look at it, is that the Spirit of God is a search engine and brings up to my spirit what is mine. It is these things that have the faith of God to see to come to pass. When I understand what my things are, the Spirit who searches the deep things of God reveals to my spirit the things God has for me. And it's only by hearing the voice of Christ that I have faith for those things. So when the Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God and, and walk, talks to my spirit and says, this is for you. Not only do I have a promise, which is yea and amen, I have faith because faith comes from hearing. So when I'm in communication with the Spirit of God, when I'm fellowshipping with the Spirit of God, not only do I start to have revelation of what He's paid for, I start to have faith by that revelation because I'm now hearing the voice of Christ. And so all of a sudden I start to see things differently. I start to operate differently. I start to have faith in a different direction because I've communed with God because it's not by my natural ear. It's things that eye has not seen and ear has not heard, but I start to have this revelation and I start to hear with that inner ear, that, that voice of the Spirit. Because so often we've been listening with the wrong ear. But when we listen with the inner ear of the Spirit, so when the Spirit speaks, faith comes. And once the Holy Spirit says it's yours, you believe you've received it. So it's not what we've heard with natural eye and natural ear, but it is things that God has prepared for us. See, I can look at others and say, I want that. But, and that might be a good idea, but it's not yours. You've got to know what God has prepared for you. 
See, jealousy is always birthed in looking at what others have and not hearing what God has for you. I was talking with a student the other day and he said, well, you know, it would just be better if this, this and this. I said, grass is always greenest where you water it. Because when I cultivate my grass, when I cultivate my land, when I cultivate what God has given me, I will flourish and be content. But if I'm always looking at the neighbor's grass, I heard a great illustration one time. There was this guy and he was talking about how he'd always look across this this huge pasture and he'd see his neighbor's land and it always looked so green and he had never been over there. And one day he drove over there. He started to smell something like, man, smells really, really bad over here. And he was talking with this neighbor and the neighbor was saying, yeah, I have this huge issue. He said, we've got this, this leak in our septic system and we can't figure out. He says, but man, it makes the grass look green. <laughs> and I think so many times we look at what other people have, not recognizing the leak in their septic system. It might look pretty. It might have a good appearance, but we don't know what's actually happening On the inside of that, we can get around people who look like they have it all together and they can keep up appearances. But when we when we go and we really look behind the curtain, we go, oh, I don't know if I want that anymore. Because I'm not called to look at what other people have. I'm called to look into the spirit of God for what he has for me. Because there are things we're to receive into our spirits revealed by the Spirit of God. And when I receive it in my spirit, I receive joy. I receive victory. I receive deliverance. I can receive all these things in my spirit. And if I get it in my spirit, it's only a matter of time before it actually manifests on the outside. Because everything that we get first starts in God. It begins in Him. So for each of us, there is a birthing that then takes place. Every prayer that is answered started with a prayer prayed. It started in the Spirit and then was birthed into the natural. I remember years ago, a great woman of God, her name is Darlene Bishop, and I thought of this story the other day, and and I had someone was asking me for pictures from when I was in high school, And I said, oh, I know where to find them. My MySpace is still up on the internet. You can still pull it up. And so MySpace.com forward slash, and this was my nickname was The Rev. That's what I went by in high school. And so it's MySpace.com forward slash Rev underscore. And my first name is Kenneth. And so I went by Ken in high school. So I was Rev Ken. And so I pulled it up. And when I pulled up my MySpace, there was a little video there that I had posted on MySpace all those years ago of Darling Bishop, and it was called The Birthing Prayer. And it reminded me of that video, and she talked about in this video what happens in prayer, that we get revelation by the Spirit of God. We begin to pray what Jesus is praying on behalf of His children, and then we begin to birth it, and then it manifests in the natural. 
And so I was thinking about that and I was thinking about all that God has prepared for us. And when we begin to walk in the revelation that God has things specifically for me, I can begin to agree with God and then he begins to birth them in my life. But it is a process. Because when you get something in your spirit that may have not manifested in your life, you know it's already real here. So there are promises that I'm still waiting on, but I know they're real. It may have not manifested yet. It may not look like it in the natural, but faith has come because I've heard the word. And when I hear the word, I begin to work the word and I begin to process it. Just like Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, war with your prophetic words. And so I begin to war for it. See, where did I start my ministry? My ministry started with a vision that God gave me. It started with an encounter. And many times I would, even though today I'm preaching and I'm prophesying for years before I preached and I prophesied, I would see it. And I'd be walking through the mall or I'd be driving and I would see myself standing on stages and I would see those things coming to pass because God had put them in my spirit and I began to have faith for it. I remember when I was 10 years old, God spoke to me and he said, I'm giving you three nations. And I said, three nations? What three nations? He said, I'm giving you the nation of New Zealand. And I've been to New Zealand five times. He said, I'm giving you the nation of Fiji. I've been to Fiji twice. And I'm giving you the nation of Australia. And I've been to Australia twice. He said that when I was 10 years old, growing up on the wrong side of town with no money and no hope of a future in the natural. But God put it in me and I would see for years myself in New Zealand. I would see for years myself in Australia. I would see for years and all I knew about Fiji was that there was a water bottle that said Fiji water. I couldn't even tell you where it was on a map then, but God had put it in my spirit. And there are things that God has put in your spirit that you need to begin to recall and begin to bring up again and begin to have faith for because it's not dead. It's just dormant. Lazarus is not dead. He's just in the tomb. But I want to prophesy to you this morning that some of you are about to have faith again for your Lazarus. Some of you are about to have faith again for your prophetic words. Some of you are about to have faith again for your destiny. Just because the season doesn't look like what you dreamed it would be doesn't mean it's dead. It just means there needs to be a reawakening of the faith to believe again that God has prepared something for me. Because it didn't just happen one day that I just started preaching in a pulpit. It was a process. Something came into my spirit birthed by the Holy Spirit. There was a conception that took place of a possibility, of a desire of what I would like to do. It started so small, but a desire came. And unknown at the time was something found by the search engine of the Holy Spirit in the depths of God that was specifically for me. And there are dreams on the inside of you that were placed there by the Holy Spirit. For years I could see it. I mean, I, I, I'm not joking. For years I would be in my bedroom as a teenager. Anna and I were talking about this the other day. She goes, what, what was life like for you as a teenager? And I said, I had a sanctuary in my bedroom that I dreamed with God for years. I would dream with God and I'd pray and I'd listen to cassette tapes of 
The likes of John Hagee. We were talking about John Hagee this morning before service. R.W. Shambach, Bobby Jean Merck, T.D. Jakes. I had, I had a little cassette tape that I wore out and cried when it broke of T.D. Jakes. I mean, I lived on cassette tapes of Kenneth Copeland and, and all these cassette tapes that I would listen to and I would dream because God had put the dream, someday I'll preach like them. Someday I'll be on a stage. Someday this is what God has for me. And it started with a dream. And there are dreams on the inside of you. Jeannie, there's dreams on the inside of you that you've yet to live out. Dina, there's dreams that you've yet to live out. Barbara, there's dreams that you've yet to live out. There are dreams on the inside of you that didn't come just because you dreamt it, but because the Spirit of God searched the depths of God and said, I'm going to put this on the inside of you. There would be times where I would be taken in my heart and my mind to a large meaning, meeting. I lived it not in the natural, but in the inner recesses of my heart and my spirit. Things that were just there that I know now were placed by the Holy Spirit, birthed from the searchings of the Holy Spirit, placed as seeds of potential and possibility, thoughts, knowings, inner confidences. I remember as a little kid, I would I would have this recurring thought of of standing on a stage and watching these these African faces jump up and down as I was preaching. And I'll never forget in 2016 when I was on the stage in Uganda and all of a sudden that dream was a reality. And it was so surreal in that moment as I'm standing there, I'm watching these faces jump up and down shouting, Jesu, Jesu, Jesu. And I was taken back to the little kid that in my bedroom saw these faces. There are dreams that you've allowed to feel dead that were placed there by the Holy Spirit that God wants to reawaken. Things that at the time seemed so impossible where there are so many mountains standing in the way. Nevertheless, these were things for me. These are things for you. Not a copy, but for you, for me. And so for me, I would live in this inner world of reality that eventually became in the natural what I'd received in my spirit. These are things you couldn't believe it. And that if people knew you were doing, I mean, there were dreams and thoughts that I would have that I thought if I told people this, they would think I was crazy. And yet it came to pass. And there are still some that if I were to tell you from this pulpit today, you would say, Man, our pastor's nuts. But they were placed there by the Holy Spirit that I believe will manifest. Because here's the deal. You couldn't believe it like that if the Holy Spirit had not shown it it was yours. You couldn't drum it up on your own. And I know some of you have some wild imaginations, but that is a gift from the Holy Spirit. Now the question is, what sort of things are placed there in your spirit? And I want to note this. Often, they are too marvelous and too great to consider with natural logic. But the first is your own ministry and calling. God will put those in you. Your own ministry, your own calling. Does that look like a pulpit? Does that look like a microphone? No. That's not for everybody. Everybody's ministry and everybody's calling is unique and individual and created and tailored by God just for you. The second thing that He places in you is your giftings. 
There are giftings on the inside of you that some of you are afraid to use. What will people think? What would people do? How would they respond? What if I did go up to people? Some of you, I can guarantee you, have thought to yourself in Walmart, I should go pray for that person. How will they receive me? How would they respond? Or I should share the gospel with my coworker. That's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And the third is your future and your vision. Your future in vision and dream form. Joseph had dreams of being a ruler. Jacob had dreams of having nations birthed by him. Joshua had dreams of receiving a land for a nation. Abraham also had dreams of nations being birthed by him. But for each one of them, it started with an impossibility. Joseph was imprisoned. Jacob was alone in a desert trying to raise a family. Joshua was leading a nation still having a slave mentality. Abraham was unable to conceive with his wife, but all impossibilities. But God brought from the depths of his heart to the spirit of each of them a dream and a vision of who and what they were called to be. And as I close this morning, I want to say to you, it is not the current situation that controls the future. Let me say that again. It is not the current situation that controls the future. The government doesn't control the future. The economy does not control the future. Politics do not control your future. It is the things placed in our hearts that often defy natural logic, but in reality are our future. How did God do this for Abraham? He gave him a picture, a promise as vast as the stars, as many grains of sand. And through the daily seeing of those stars and being reminded as he walked through the sand, it was constant reminder and it resulted in faith and conception. And one of the keys to faith is living out the things placed in our spirits and bringing those to a reality through prayer. Everything that you are called to, everything that I am called to, everything this church is called to is birthed in the place of prayer by catching hold of those things, by saying, God, what are those things? For some of you, it's been so long that you've forgotten some of the things that God put there. Life happened. Disappointment came. Disillusionment came. Hurt came. Offense came. All of those things come to steal the things that God places on the inside of you. And today, I want to say to you, and I want to prophesy to your human spirit, awake, awake, O oh sleeper. Awake to the things that God has placed on the inside of you. Awake, awake, O oh sleeper. Come out of your slumber and dream again. Father, I thank you even right now. That you would awaken your people. 
Spirit of the living God begin even now to search the depths of God for the things that you've created for each person in this room and those listening by live stream. I thank you, Father, this morning that we would begin to live out those things. That you would begin to awaken us to the reality of what you've paid for. Jesus. Right now. This morning, if you're dealing with disappointment. You're dealing like the dream, dealing with feeling like the dreams are dead. There's no things God has for me. I have nothing to to carry out. It's too late. Too much time has passed. I could never. This morning God wants to reawaken. He wants to heal. He wants to set free. You know, we use those KFC buckets, kingdom finance collectors. But the colonel was in his 80s before he was ever successful with KFC. It's never too late. Joshua was entering his promised land at 80. And he said, I'm stronger today. And I was when I entered that wilderness with all those rebellious Israelites. It's not too late. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. But before I do, if you're here this morning or you're watching by live stream, you've never made a decision to follow Christ. Never surrendered your life. Or maybe you're in a season of life right now where you feel far from God and you want to be brought close again. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand. And by doing so, you're signifying, I want to surrender my life to Christ this morning. I want to start a journey. Listen, the prayer we're about to pray together, that's not what saves you. It's the blood of Jesus that saves you. And salvation starts, but is a lifelong process of walking out our salvation with fear and trembling. It's a process of sanctification, of following Jesus. It's a daily choice. But there's a grace that empowers you to live out that salvation. And so this morning, if that's you, you're saying, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to surrender. If you're watching by live stream or you're in the room, why don't you slip up your hand? Now we do this every week, regardless if a hand goes up or not. We're going to pray collectively. Because there might be someone here this morning or watching by live stream that I can't see who wants to pray this prayer. Someday, might be someone watching this video who says, oh, I want to do that. So church this morning, will you pray with me? Jesus, I repent of my sin and I choose to follow you. I choose to place my faith in the finished work of the cross. Today, I choose you. I choose to turn from sin and follow you.
in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this week's message. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Or visit www.equippingchurch.us.